What is up, everybody? Welcome to the FN Nerds podcast, episode number eight. It's been a while since a we've while. Uh, since we've been. <laughs> uh, my name is Nick Denizio, and across from me is my man Martin Moreno. What's up, dude? How we doing? Good, good, chilling, hanging in there. Same old, same old. Same old, same old. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite a while since we've done like an official show where we talk about news and things like that because there hasn't been much going on right but now that quarantine's letting up a little bit restrictions are starting to get lifted a bit um you also know. i feel like studios haven't really had much things to say so now they're just throwing shit out there. they're throwing all kinds yeah, of stuff they're out like there. all right all right let's get out there let's get out there everyone bring me a call right, bring me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah today's show is is packed with the things we're going to talk about um but before we really get into that um just want to throw out a quick uh RIP to we lost a couple people this in the in the, like the past week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the great great Jerry Stiller, um, the super funny Fred Willard, and um, an awesome director in Lynn Shelton. Um, you know Jerry Stiller, who's been in a wealth of things. Obviously Ben Stiller's father, uh, know him from Seinfeld and King of Queens and Zoolander and just a million other things. Super funny guy. Same goes for Fred Willard, who was in Best in Show and Anchorman and. You know, same thing. His IMDb list is just stacked with this stuff. Just that he's like been little in. things scattered here and there right. that always like stuck out and always cracked you up. Yeah, and, and then uh, obviously, of course, uh, Lynn Shelton too, who was a really awesome director. She did episodes of Glow, um, uh, Mark Maron show. Who I think um, she was engaged to Mark Maron, you know, before she passed, which is they really, were like partners. Yeah. yeah, yeah also, is, Little Fires Everywhere, which she, I believe she did all the episodes. Okay. Yeah, which I haven't seen, but I've heard good things. Um, and she's also done work with Mark Duplass for uh, Hump Day, I think was a movie that they did together. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, really, really bummer um, to, to see that happen. And All these people were essentially just beloved uh, and had a great range of work and RIP. All right, so let's, uh, let's jump in. We're going to kind of do a rapid fire segment. Boom, boom, boom. Where I'm going to throw... Some stuff at you, some stuff that's been announced, some news, and Martin, you have a minute to talk about it. And when I say a minute, I mean you can't go over that minute. Okay, you're going to cut me off. I know you love to talk, bro. I do love to talk. So. All right. This is good, though. It's good, though. Shut the fuck up, Martin. <laughs> All right. So, uh, first up, um, a bunch of new Dune images have been released over the past month. And uh, fans are starting to freak out a little bit. Um, they're saying the film doesn't look fun due to the muted color palette and a more realistic focus style. Um, the costumes and settings also have uh, kind of some controversial things going on with fans saying that the costumes are very simple and military, militaristic. Ugh, Jesus. Uh, and the desert backdrops are reminiscent of the worlds of Star Wars rather than a more fantastical sci-fi world. Before mm-hmm. I kick it to you, all I'm going to say is let's see a fucking trailer before you start freaking out. Yeah. Now, what do you guys say about it? I'll just say, like, people need to chill out, okay? They need to relax. Well, oh, my God. Okay. Whew. Um... <laughs> I had all these thoughts and they just like, I just, I just, this is why you don't do notes. <laughs> this is why I don't do notes. My brain just crashed. Uh, yeah. People just need to chill out. Look, saying like, that's not what people, the comments about the haircuts. And, like, R- the ridiculous. Fe- I'm sorry. I didn't realize you knew what the haircuts looked like right. in like the far <laughs> dystopian future. Okay. Um, yeah. Relax. Look, trust in Denny. I am worried about this movie. I've been saying that for a long time, only from a box office return standpoint because Blade Runner 2049 didn't do so well. So I wanted Denny to come in with another like epic futuristic sci-fi film and not get out of the park, make lots of money, get a lot of uh, both critical and fan praise. And like, let's just relax. Let's, the cast is stacked. It's an amazing cast. 
Like, this is his vision. Maybe it's the vision he wants. I understand that David Lynch's, um, no, not David Lynch's, Herbert, his book was, like, very fantastical and had this, like, other bunch of shit going on. But, like, let's chill. Let's relax. Let's watch the trailer. Let's enjoy it. And, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Nice. You came in under a minute there. Boom. Pretty good. Oh, yeah. All right. The next one, which I wasn't excited about until... You talked to me about it earlier today. Um, Jason Momoa and Pierre Dinklage have teamed up to star and produce in Good, Bad, and Undead, which is a film based on an original idea by Mark Swift and Damian Shannon, directed by Max Barbacow. I hope I said that right. Uh, the movie focuses on vampire hunter Van Helsing, who's going to be played by Pierre Dinklage, and his uneasy partnership with a vampire played by Jason Momoa, who has taken a vow never to kill again. Together, they run a scam from town to town where Van Helsing pretends to vanquish the vampires for money, but when a massive bounty is put on the vampire's head, everything in this dangerous world full of monsters and magic is now after them. The intent is mid midnight run in Bram Stoker's world, which I'll just say the fact that they just said midnight run in Bram Stoker's world, I'm totally on board for. I think this pairing is going to be awesome. I could already see it. I can already picture their it's chemistry. Like, where do we sign up? <laughs> right, where do we sign up? Like, I had no, like, it's it's one of those movies where it, it gets announced and it's like, I didn't know I needed it till I heard about it. Right. It's like, it just sounds like a, almost, um, like a, almost like a partner cop buddy film. Like, they're just going around, like, just scamming people. Uh, you can already tell, look, my man crush for Jason Momoa is serious, okay? He just, he's just so full of life, so full of energy. You can tell that they're going to have, like, a blast just, like, scamming these people. Um, it's labeled as an action film, um, but obviously from the synopsis or the plot, it kind of feels like there's going to be like some humor, a little bit of light heart to it. Have you seen Do Midnight it? Run? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I Bro, mean, if, it, if it's just like Midnight Run, it's the same thing. It just blends. Right. The, the comedy just comes along with the situations they get into. And then and when has... shit gets serious, shit gets serious. Right, exactly. So, and obviously Momoa and Dinklage have this sort of, um, I'm not going to say gravitas, but they have this sort of veteranism. Again, we make up words here to them that they're going to really bring to the role, bring to the screen. When they turn it on, they turn it on. And uh, I'm super excited. And yeah, I I can't... Vampire movies are great. You know, like, I, I think Twilight gives, like, a lot... Of, they put, it puts, like, a bad take on vampire movies, but vampire movies are they're so much fun. If you haven't seen Bliss on Shudder, it's a smaller film. Check it out. It's really, really good. But like, I just think the whole, like, vampire mythology and genre is just so... Like, there's just so much there. And I'm happy that... Like this, it's going somewhere with like this this team attached because it can be something really special. I feel like agreed, agreed. Uh, next up, which this one's also really cool. Um, after working with uh, Blumhouse for Halloween and Halloween Kills, and then obviously the third movie, Jamie Lee Curtis has inked a three year deal with Blumhouse that involves the development of movies and TV projects. She will be co writing as well as making her directorial debut on an eco horror film titled Mother Nature that revolves around the topic of climate change. Um, I mean, this is if you love Jamie Lee Curtis, this is awesome. Who doesn't, that, love, Jamie who doesn't love Jamie Lee Curtis? Um, the fact that she now is teamed up with Blumhouse, which I think is an awesome pairing, and she kind of gets to do the things that she wants to do. And I'm also excited to see her direct, like for her first time. And mm -hmm. she's been in this business how long? And this is her first go at it. So. And she's like royalty. She's Hollywood royalty. Like, yeah. She's like the fact that she's making a horror film, but adding this sort of new take on it, like this whole term eco horror film. Right. Like is is neat. It's almost like a new thing. Um, but yeah, this is her, like, she's like the OG Scream Queen, like, and her mother also, like, if you think it's probably the, 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 the first, OG, exactly, the OG, like, yeah. the shower psycho scene has already become, so it's like an iconic scene now. Ah! 
the music, everything about it. Like she just comes from like a scream queen royalty. And she's, uh, like we said, she's been in this business for so long. She's a storyteller. She's written books, done a whole bunch of things. And I'm excited to see her now actually step in, write and direct and good for her. We love Jamie Lee Curtis. We are excited about the next Halloween films. I mean, at least personally, I really am. And, uh, and I can't wait to see, um, cause it's like TV and movie development. So I'm really excited to see what else is going to happen from this deal. Mm. Um, all right, next up, uh, Scream 5 is officially in the works with David Boom. Arquette already signed on to return. And so excited. the Radio Not writers are helming the project, which is pretty awesome. Um, and the original writer for Scream, uh, Kevin Williamson, is serving as an executive producer. Uh, Martin, I'm going to kick this right to you because I know you're such a huge Scream fan. Huge Scream slut. I cannot wait for this movie. Uh, I believe from what I saw, they're going to start filming in North Carolina this fall. But okay. I haven't – hasn't been like confirmed. That's just kind of like the rumors I saw. I'm excited for Scream 5, Scream 4. I remember when it first came out, I wasn't too crazy about it. It's definitely grown on me over the years. I love that whole series of movies. And uh, look, they, David Arquette is already signed on to come back as Dewey. So Niv Campbell is like in talks to come back as Sydney, uh, which just adds to like, all right, who else are you going to bring back? Um, I mean, it's not really that much people left from the OG cast. It's really just Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and her. Everyone. But you would assume that Courtney, if David Arquette's coming back, Courtney Cox is probably. Well, there was rumors too. that uh, there was rumors that Matthew Little was going to come back because Stu, even though he gets a TV drop in his face, spoiler alert. Um, it wasn't really confirmed that he was killed. Like, I mean, like TV can fall on your face and you can die. Right. So maybe he snuck out somewhere. <laughs> like, who knows? He slid under the garbage can. He just slid under the garbage can, like snuck out. But, um, but yeah, I'm so excited for this movie. I was like Ghostface for like five years in a row, um, and I cannot wait to to just hear more news about this this uh, project in development or in the works, so to speak. Cool. Uh, next up, uh, Nicholas Holt has been replaced as the main villain for Mission Impossible Seven. Asai Morales, I hope I said that right, who is the main antagonist as Deathstroke in the second season of DC's Titans, okay. as well as uh, a wealth of other movies. He was the bad guy on Ozark, and he's, he's been around for a long time. Um, he's now going to step into the role, which is exciting. Uh, it was strange to me that Nicholas Holt was pegged to be the villain. I remember when he got cast, he actually did a screen test to play Goose's son in Top Gun. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he didn't get it, but I guess Cruz and McQuarrie liked him so much that they're like, hey, come play a role in Mission Impossible 7. I thought he was going to be part of the team. I didn't realize he was going to play, be playing the villain, which is strange. Well, this next one coming up is seven, right? Or is it six? Well, they're doing seven and eight back-to-back. Back-to-back, right. Yeah. So apparently, Asai Morales, apparently he's going to be the villain for like the next two. That was like yes. the rumor. Right. Or that was like kind of like what was confirmed. So the fact that Nicholas Holt lost that, because from what I read, it was that he had prior commitments to other projects. Mm -hmm. So since everything got delayed and obviously caused like a schedule, uh, uh, scheduling issues. So... Uh, Look, I don't have anything against Nicholas Holt. To me, I don't see him as a villain, especially in the Mission Impossible franchise. When right. you've seen like uh, all the sort of actors have come in and stepped and played villains. No offense to Nicholas Holt, I just I just don't see him as like a villain. I don't see him like, as a bad guy, especially in this world. Uh, what what's his name? Sean, uh, who played. The, Sean Harris. Sean Harris. I yeah. mean, bad guy. The second he starts talking, he's a villain. Shit, you shit your pants. Right. You're like, oh my god, okay. Uh, obviously, Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman, the second one. Like, there's just such a like a long of these actors that just bring this weight to the screen as a Mission Impossible villain. I just personally don't think he has that. No offense to him. I love him as Beast. All cool, great, do that. 
Um, but SI Morales, I think, can bring something to this role. I really like the Mass Deathstroke. The Titans itself, that's a whole other story. But him as Deathstroke, I really enjoyed. So, like, good for him. There's going to be a huge role for him. Um, he like, like you said, Ozark, he's mostly done television. So now he's going to step into his, like, really big budget project for possible back-to-back -back films. Good for him. Awesome. Dude, do your thing. Morales, I believe that's a Spanish last name, obviously. So maybe he's Latino. I don't know. But Latino power, good for you. Awesome. Do your thing. Great. Boom. Cut it off. Are we still doing the minute thing? I feel like I'm talking for longer than the minute. Uh, no, no. I think we're still doing the minute. I'm, I'm keeping a close eye on it. You haven't gone... If you've gone past, it hasn't gone far. Okay. But yeah, you've been staying, you've been staying within. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, so I'm doing a good job. You're doing Bro, a good what job. did you, what about you? What do you feel about all these things, man? You haven't really seen I've, I've, I've said some, I've said some things. I, look, I, I don't, there's, there's not much. I mean, for this, I'm obviously on board for it. I think he's a much better choice than Nick Holt. Um, as I said, I thought, I thought Nick Holt was going to play part of the team. Which made sense to me that he would be part of the MI squad. Oh, you didn't think he was actually going to no, be the I villain? No, I think he was gonna play the villain. I thought he was gonna be one of the guys in the squad. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that yeah. would actually make a lot more sense. That made sense to me. So I was like, oh cool. I can definitely picture him like almost playing Simon Pegg's like um like a Padawan. Or like you know, like protege. Like protege. Yeah, yeah. Like I can picture him with the glasses and all that bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, that I can definitely picture him as. As the villain, I can't. And maybe one day he'll come out and he'll play this villain role. That'll knock our socks off. He's also still young too. He's got so much, so much. Career yeah, but some in front of the projects that he's chosen haven't done well. Like yeah. Tolkien bomb, Jack and the whatever fucking Slayer bombed. That was forever ago, though. Yeah, but people don't forget. <laughs> people don't forget. <laughs> Fuck, Evan, we're down two points. Fucking calm down, Greg. It's soccer. It's soccer. Fuck you, man. Hey, Greg, why don't you go piss your pants again? That was like eight years ago, asshole. People don't forget. Let's be real here. <laughs> and like, when we think about his last project, okay, Tolkien and Dark Phoenix. Like, we think of these recent projects he's been in. Dark Phoenix was bad. They're just sour, just hot garbage. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see. He'll bounce back. He'll, um, now we're going to do just a quick recap. Uh, some trailers dropped this week, um, starting off with The Old Guard with Charlize Theron, which is a cool concept. I guess she and like her team are warriors that have been like, they're like immortal. Oh, yeah. And they've just been going through time, like, I don't know, stopping villainy or whatever. Oh, it looks cool. Yeah. It, looks cool. <laughs> it looks cool. It's coming out on Netflix and it'll be fun to watch. Um, then you've got Spike Lee's first movie since uh, the Oscar-winning Black Klansman, The Five Bloods, uh, which is kind of like a Vietnam War film. Which looks incredible. It looks really awesome. Mm -hmm. And the trailer was really cool, too. Uh, and then you've got The King of Staten Island, which is directed by Judd Apatow, starring Pete Davidson. Um, this one I was interested for, but when I saw the trailer, I was immediately on board for it. First of all, because the music they chose, they start off with Pursuit of Happiness, yeah. which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and, then, and then they finish off with One Headlight by uh, Wallflowers. Wallflowers, which mm -hmm. is also awesome. Uh, but it just looks like it's a it's a really fun movie. We know music too, people, not just oh, movies. Oh, we know music too. <laughs> uh, you know, it's got such an awesome cast. Bill Burr's in it. Marissa Tomei plays plays uh, Pete Davidson's mom. Um, and it just looks like it looks like a really like heartwarming, like fun movie that we kind of need right now. So I'm definitely excited for that. Yeah, and it just seems like P. Davidson's playing himself. Yes. It's something along the lines of um It's 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 a loose uh big time adolescence kind of yeah. that's the kind of feel that I got from it. Right, but this is this is somewhat based on his life. You yeah, know, obviously with, with his, his dad with his dad and, and everything like that. that. Right. So it's so, like a loose biography on it. Right. Him. So I feel like um like with Big Time Adolescence, I feel like he kinda of came into that role and was himself a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like he's going to do the same thing here. Right. Uh so yeah, I am excited to see it. It does look um it started off a little bit because Big Time Adolescence is more like a, uh, it's kind of like a, I guess like a coming of age, but a, 
It's way more drama than I expected. Yeah, it's too. more like, like a when more we like wa- a... when we watched it, I was I was shocked with the uh, like how much of a downer, kind of a downer ending it had. Right, like right. It, it, but it made it feel more real. Right, you know? they didn't want to say sad, but drama is a good way of putting it. It's yeah. more like a little bit of like coming of age drama story. This seems more. It seems like along those lines, like there's gonna be moments that hit, mm-hmm. but it seems like a more uplifting. Unlike right. Big Time Adolescence, which way it ends, you're just like, <laughs> just like oh yeah. And, but you're also like, I know that person. Yeah, I know exactly who that <laughs> you guy know is. Who, you've seen yeah, those people yeah, around. Man. You grew up with those type of people. Yeah. Um, old guard. Seems like your standard Netflix. I mean, um, I kind of hope it's not like I, I got kind of like Aeon Flux vibes. A little I got bit. Aeon Flux, yeah. and I got your standard kind of Netflix of um just spectacle over story. Yes, that's really what I got. So I feel like it's going to be a dumb watch. You're gonna come in, you're gonna see Charlize kick ass, which I'm all fucking for. Right. Ho- hopefully it's fun. Yeah. Hopefully it's fun. Yeah, and like, look, if Charlize's gonna be kicking ass, I'm gonna sign up. Um, I feel like, like you said, it's gonna be like a fun spectacle over story kind of film. Uh, it's not going to be like Marriage Story or Roma or Irishman, like these sort of Netflix movies. But The Five Bloods, I feel, is going to fall into that kind of Roma, Irishman, oh, yeah. um, Marriage Story That has the potential category. to be a big Oscar contender right. for Netflix. And the, the trailer was very... Um, it was like very compelling though. It was kind of like bouncing back and forth. I feel like it was like time jumping. They, they also didn't tell a lot of the story either, which was interesting, so I kind of had to look it up. So apparently... The, the the if it focuses on five guys and I don't know if it's all of them I think one of them it's it's a couple generations I think of like family that are basically traveling back to Vietnam to find a gold that they buried they buried like gold somewhere I, gold. Think, I think they're going to find it and Chadwick Boseman plays their old um, I think lieutenant mm-hmm. either lieutenant or basically the leader of their of their old crew back in the day that's awesome so I'm yeah. curious like they it's like the the way the trailer is cut. It's it's good, but it doesn't tell you much, it which, is, which is good. And I, like I was that. like, it's very stylized mm-hmm. for sure, which um, I really enjoyed. Uh, the Apocalypse Now kind of backdrop on the DJ was like really... Uh, look, Spike always... Spike. I always do this. I call people on the first name because like Spike Lee. Spike Lee always kind of... Um, he always pays homage to films that he appreciates, films that, that, you know, that uh, resonate with him. So like that's obviously what you get at least for me personally the second that trailer kicked off i was like yeah apocalypse now yeah um what's the other one hunt for Red october i got some of those vibes too mm-hmm. but yeah the way it was structured how it's kind of like bouncing back and forth very stylized like i'm like dude i'm all in for this movie i don't really know what's going on but right. i can't wait and obviously like you said he's coming off an oscar he's kind of riding this high um oscar or not spike lee makes great films for yes. them i would say like his his Resume well, is definitely I, batting over like probably eighty percent. I would I would think down down the stretch the last the last couple movies he's been better, um, but he's he's had some he's had some missteps here and there. Like he tried to do the remake of Old Boy, which didn't turn out. No, so I lot. didn't like the Old Boy. Um, yeah. You know, my favorite one from him is still. I mean, like I love I love it's probably Black Klansman now. But before that, I loved Inside Man. Yeah, which was awesome. I'm like, and you know, the, and you know, I love I love heist movies too. Yeah, but it's just like he always he his moves have like a certain it's his voice. Yes, like you can always see like oh it's the, always a Spike Lee movie. For it's sure. always like you know his imprint on the movies and uh, and I feel also with Black Klansman and with this I feel like he's gotten a little more political, so that also kind of came off across a little bit in his trailer, but um but I'm excited and yeah. I can't wait to uh, I'm really like I have I didn't I saw a trailer for this we can talk about it and I was like dude that looks awesome easy there bro I know. Don't spell the ooze. I'm not gonna spell the ooze. Also, shout out to Departed Souls Brewing Company for giving us this awesome green beer. Well, they didn't give it to us. We had to buy it. We we'll, we'll pretend like they gave it to we'll us. We'll pretend like they gave yeah, it we, to we'll us. We'll pretend like we're sponsored. But by it's it. awesome. We're it's called not. It's called Secret of the Brew, located in Jersey City. Awesome. 
Awesome, awesome. This is sour beer. We bought a shit ton. We bought a lot. Yeah, and we um, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, next. Uh, so since we're on the topic of trailers, uh, we're going to talk about the big one that just dropped. The big one. The big one. Uh, Tenant. Insert said reference from Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> it came! It finally came! <laughs> the big one. Offend Defense got the reference. Uh, Christopher Nolan dropped yet another amazing, epic, and just as easily confusing trailer for his next movie, Tenant. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have a release date yet. It always says at the very end is coming to theaters, which was really cool. Which I loved. Yes. Where, that was like my favorite part of the entire That's trailer. That's just like a big statement that says, fuck digital, fuck streaming, we're fuck going, we're, we're going to theaters. He just literally whipped out his dick and just, yeah. <laughs> just put it on the table. He's like, I'm coming to theaters. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, it, and it, it looks awesome. I mean, we, we, we can try to decipher the plot but i don't really feel like doing that right now um all i know is that it deals with the inversion of time and time is able to move backwards and somehow they're able to manipulate it which looks really cool um showed off some really uh awesome sequences uh we got to see more of robert pattinson which we didn't get a whole lot in the first trailer we saw more of his character here which looks like he's gonna be kind of playing the right hand man to john david washington's character uh, we got to see uh, Kenneth Branagh as the villain, which I know you didn't know he was the villain. I did not know, I know. But yep, he's. You did you know see, that? I did know that, yeah. yeah. But you get to see some of him here, and I always mispronounce her name. Eliza Bestebecki. Yes. Boom. Awesome. I fucking love her. She was in Man from Uncle. She was in Widows, which she crushed. She was probably the best thing in Widows. She was in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Volume 2 of Guardians of the she Galaxy. She played the Sovereign. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she was in uh, the Cloverfield Paradox, which was not... I believe that was her. Oh, I didn't even see that. With Gugu and Batha Ra. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. But uh, I believe that was her. She was probably one of the other leads. But yeah, she's fun. Sure. But yeah, she's, she's awesome, and I'm excited to see her kind of play around in Christopher Nolan's sandbox. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an awesome trailer. Um, what'd you think of it? <laughs> same thing. It's the same thing. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. I think the fact that we watched it on the big TV made it almost more confusing. Yes. I, okay, this is just me, but I feel like when you watch it on your phone, it's like a little bit more like... It's, more, like, per, it's more personal. Yeah, it's a little yeah. more condensed. So you can kind of like follow shit along. We had it like on the big TV, so I was just like all over the place. I'm like, what is happening? I don't know. And, and some of the like the... Um, from like the director of like The Dark Knight... And Inception. That and was Dunkirk, so cool how they which did it. It was awesome how they did it, but like it just threw me off every time right. because it was like new footage. Right. It was not new footage, but like footage of which uh, which uh, is uh, interesting. Of his, of his, I don't think anyone's ever done that. I don't that. think so either, which is really cool. It's, it, it was almost like a backdrop of Dunkirk, of Dark Knight, of Inception, yeah. which is like really cool. Which is basically like <laughs> they're, like they're, you're, you're selling them on Nolan. Like right. that's, that's what it is. But you're like watching the trailer and you're like, oh shit, that's cool. All right, back to the trailer. Oh shit, that's cool. All right, back to the trailer. Oh shit. That, like, so your mind's just everywhere. Like, I have. No idea what's going on, but it, it remind it's very reminiscent to the Inception trailer when we first got it and we saw like Joseph Gordon Levitt running with like the hallway like spinning and all this shit and you're like you have no idea what's on, what's happening, but where do I sign up? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much what it comes down to. Um the other th- cool thing too was uh John David Washington was talking a little bit about it. And one of the interesting things that he said is that what Christopher Nolan does in Tenant is going to dictate the next 10 to 15 years of filmmaking. Really? So that just goes to show that Chris Nolan is yet again just pushing that boundary. Which is what he, what he and is what I just he love how he just, but the thing about him is, is just that he just does so much different genres. He, he works in like a wide range of films because, and I feel like when you do that, you just keep your juices fresh. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, I'm going to step away from this and do something different. 
step away from that, do something different. And that way you're always got your creative juices flowing. You always have like a new sort of perspective on a new story that you want to tell. And right. he steps away from his projects for a while. Like, yeah. He takes breaks in between, which is smart. And Nolan is just at this point, he's probably going to go down as – like definitely one of the directors best directors of all time yeah i I definitely say he'll go down in the top five for sure Mm -hmm. um and i can't like i'm so excited for this movie i have no idea what's happening right now (laughs) no idea what's going on that very first shot of the water going back was very titanic ish yeah and i'm like even like the color scheme of like the titanic like the the burgundy and the black i'm like I'm like, what is happening? Like, my brain was just like catching all these other little things that made no sense. And also, something that I thought was interesting. We're way past one minute mark. I don't care. Um, this is not a one minute topic. We give Chris Nolan more time than one minute. Well, I mean, it's Nolan, so time. Is it <laughs> time. even one minute? Is it even one minute? Who even knows? <laughs> um, but uh, something that I found interesting about this trailer was that it has like, it was a little bit more lighthearted and had more humor. It like did. there was like the Robert Pattinson when when he's got like the teapot like when he's doing like the liar liar movie yeah, yeah. when he's got like teapot when um which can we talk about that for a second because I I loved how because there was a, a moment in that trailer where you're like what the hell is going on mm-hmm. and then it even it even cuts to Pattinson saying almost saying what the hell's going on and John David Washington's like you got to keep you gotta up keep up you're not shooting the bullet you're catching it oh. I've seen too much. Well, we'll try and keep up. I fucking love that. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, so it's like that, and then at the end when he's like, "Oh, more drink," like all these kind of like light humor kind of moments that we, I believe we got like two or three, which isn't very um, Nolan-esque. Like I, I know for the Inception trailer, we had like you got you got to dream a little bigger, darling. Like, right. We had that, but uh, but this just like the, this trailer. The first trailer was very serious and serious, and. Um, the score was very like ominous and like more brooding, like in traditional Nolan style. Mm-hmm. This was more kind of like a, almost like a like orchestra full kind of score. Yeah, and I'm still processing the score. I still don't know how I feel about it just yet. I like it, but I don't know if it per- if it worked well with the trailer. See, I actually, the more I watch the trailer, the more I like it. Yeah, that, and, and I'm also like I'm, too. and I'm also wondering like if that is uh, a snippet of Ludwig's score. It has to be. It has that, to. Be. That's what he always does. Right. He always takes a score and he puts. That's what I'm saying. So like, yes. So we got that first one. And I'm like, this is definitely a score for the movie, and it's right. Like, right. it's such a fucking Nolan score. Yes. Like when you hear it, you automatically think like, yeah, it's Nolan. It's an this one was different, like I said. Obviously, it makes sense because Ludwig's involved. It's a different composer, other than Zimmer, which we've gotten used to over the past like three or four films. This is a little more different, and, and you're kind of processing it because your brain, at least for us, because we're fucking nerds, mm-hmm. your brain is kind of processing like, okay, this is definitely a different score. It's going along with the movie. Like you're you're trying to figure out exactly how it's working, and then yeah, I, the more I watch it, the more I kind of mm-hmm. enjoyed it. The more it's kind of growing on me, but. But yeah, and one thing too that I want to say, I love how he says, how it says from the director of The Dark Knight, and then it cuts to Robert Pattinson. Yes. Like, here's the new, here's Batman. The new Batman. Was that intentional? Who knows? It was definitely but intentional. In my it, mind, it has to be. I was like, ah. Because he gets out of the car looking all Bruce Wayne like, you know what yeah. I mean? So it had to be. Um, the other cool thing that was like, uh, Christopher Nolan's wanted to make a James Bond movie for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And even though you can say Inception has flavors of it, this one even looks more like a Bond film with the with like a lot of like the espionage that's going on and all the different things. And a villain with a heavy accent. A villain with a heavy accent. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I'll say about it is at the... Wait, all right, what do you got? I got one thing. Why, right. you want to cap it off the conversation? <laughs> You're like, Martin, I want to get the last word in here. All right, you get the last word in here. No, you say you want to get... The, you can get the last you word want, in here. All right, all right. So what do you want to say? That when we were talking about the axe, when he's like, how do you want to die? And he goes... 
old, mm. which I thought was very interesting because if we're talking about time manipulation here, you think about Curious Case of Benjamin Button, right. he dies as a baby. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is something where like, you know, I just think that's, that's I think that um, sort of little exchange between the villain and John uh, David Washington, is that his name? Yeah. Which, dude, the, the, guy's, gonna bl- the guy's a star. Oh, already. Like, when Black Klansman came out, we were both like, dude, this guy's going to blow up. Right. And obviously, your next big job <laughs> is, is a fucking Nolan, Nolan movie. movie. Like, you can only, you can't, like, yeah. the sky's the limit sky's for you, bro. At this point, go, yeah. go for it. And good and, for you. And, and he, looks, he looks great in that yeah, role, too. Yeah, good for you. Um, but yeah, like, that little exchange between him and John David Washington, like, I feel has a lot more context or more weight, I would say, than, um, than people probably, I mean, probably people just didn't even process that oh yeah but us we're just we're losers and we just watch the shit over and over again so we kind of pick these things up but yeah that little change like on my on like the 47th viewing of the trailer is when i picked that one up and i'm like ah i'll get the lead here i come oh here i come oh um and then uh the, the last thing that i wanted to say about it was how much like it's it's almost become uh, kind of a running joke about how there's always a character in a Nolan movie that's supposed to be Christopher Nolan. Do you know about this? No, I don't. Okay, so it's not in every movie, but mm-hmm. in in some of them, it's there's almost like the character almost it kind of looks like Nolan a little bit, and it's kind of almost like you kind of feel like that's just the director putting him in the movie. So like in Memento, it's kind of Guy Pierce. In Inception, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Guy Pierce doesn't look anything like. Oh, maybe at the time. A little maybe bit. At the time, a little bit, yeah. and then. In this one, Leonardo, a hundred percent. Even like the suit was what the I belt. mean. That's what 100%, I mean. hundred percent. This yeah. this one, mm-hmm. it, it's Pattinson, one hundred percent. At the very end, when he's doing the whole thing with the plane, which which cracks me up every time I watch it now. Yeah, he's got like the suit with like the scarf on and everything. I'm like, this is supposed to be Christopher Nolan, and That's it's amazing. absolutely hysterical. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I can't wait for this film. Super I mean, excited. hopefully it comes out in July. If not, it'll be August because the report that I read was that. If the theaters aren't ready to go by July 17th, it's going to move to August 14th, which is Wonder Woman 84 spot. And then Wonder Woman 84 is going to push all the way back to Christmas. It's going to take Dune's spot, and Dune's going to get bumped to 2021. Which is a lot of shuffling, which it sucks, but I mean, it's at least we're, it's at like, least we're getting them. It's like them. pros and cons. Like if it, yeah. It's like you were saying before, which you made a really good point, that if Wonder Woman does get pushed to December, it's going to dominate. It's going to dominate. It's going to make so much money. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, and whenever this comes out, you know, it's going to be that, that first really big movie to go see, um, along with, I think Mulan, Mulan, I think comes at the end of July. Which I'm we'll, super excited for we'll, we'll see if that holds, but it's kind of those two that are kind of the big blockbusters that are going to end the And I'm summer. starting to get a little more optimistic because we're slowly starting to kind of come back, uh, to... It's like reality a little yeah, bit. Like yeah, like normal shit. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm excited and I... I hope it comes out in July. I do it's like, too. It's on my birthday too. Like the sooner. Oh Roman man! Always come out on my birthday. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Because <laughs> um, he loves that like mid smack dab summer spot. It's like and, a prime. That's a prime spot. Yeah, yeah. bro. Because only prime <laughs> belongs there. Um, but yeah, can't wait for the movie. So excited. So now we're going to jump over to um, the Mandalorian which season two is getting ready to premiere in October. And there's been a ton of casting announcements. Um, Originally, shit hit the fan a few months ago when Rosario Dawson was cast as fan favorite Ahsoka Tano uh, in the second season of The Mandalorian. Obviously, she's a huge, huge fan favorite from The Clone Wars uh, and obviously Rebels as well. On top of that, we also had Michael Biehn cast in a role. Um, still, oh, I forgot about yeah, that one. Still, still hasn't been said yet. I'm assuming he's going to play maybe another bounty hunter type of character or something. But it was cool that he's now in. He's coming into that as well. 
similar excitement was met once uh, Timura Morrison. Did I say that right? I believe it's Timura, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Timura Morrison, um, who plays a large role in the prequels of Jango Fett, as well as a number of clo- uh, clones, including Commander Cody, um, was cast as Boba Fett, which is really awesome. And then also apparently another untitled role, which everyone's assuming that it's uh, Commander Rex. It has also, to be Rex. Also I mean, from Clone Wars and yeah. Rebels, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then which, the, so <laughs> which is yeah, it's 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 so awesome. Uh, and then you've got uh, more casting news. Uh, with Katie Sackhoff, who obviously is a um, television sci-fi stud, as you put it, mm-hmm. um, who played Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica, and she was announced to return to the role of Bo-Katan Kreis. Uh, is that how you say the last name? I haven't watched Mand- Mandalorian. I haven't watched the Clone Wars in a while, but it's... Yeah, we'll just say yes for yeah, now. Yeah, I'm going to say Bo-Katan. We'll um, get added in the comments later. Right, okay, yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, but she was a character. She voiced uh, that character in the Clone Wars and in Rebels as well. And then one of the big ones, Timothy Oliphant was later confirmed to play a role in season two. And while his role still hasn't been confirmed, many sources are saying that he will be playing Cobb Vanth, who is a sheriff in a Tatooine planet called Freetown. And he's apparently has acquired and he's wearing Boba Fett's armor, which is really interesting. And also, you know, Timothy Oliphant, his background, you know, in shows like Deadwind Justified, you know, the, the casting for this just feels right. Right. It has like a very, you're telling me he's playing a sheriff feel like right, dude just, has yeah. played that kind of character role figure so many times in his career that like i like remember the movie the crazies yeah like he i believe he played a sheriff, I think in, he's that a sheriff too. in that too yeah. yeah so and obviously in the most recent project that he did which was once upon a time in hollywood he he played this <laughs> he like played like a, almost like a bounty a yeah bounty sheriff. like yeah. Uh, yeah so i'm just like you tell me that he's going to play a sheriff and planet wearing this i'm just like yeah like that i'm 100 yeah. percent on board i'm not i didn't read aftermath so um, i'm not too familiar with Kyle band but the vibe that i got from him was the older public captain smuggler um what's his name nico mm-hmm. nico car i believe his name is uh but he like because he has like the hat the jacket the gun he's always coming in here like blazing so like that's who the vibe i got right away obviously that can't be the character because it's a whole completely different time period but like that's just the sort of um, thing that clicks in your mind when you think of Timothy Oliphant. So, yeah, I'm all like this. All this casting, like and like you say, this is the first time we've done an episode in a while, so we're kind of getting caught up with everything that's happened over right. the past couple months. It's been like almost every single week they've just dropped a fucking bomb on us. Like with first with Rosario Dawson, I screamed, I lost my shit. I'm like, and, and you were you were on a, like a work call. I too. was on a conference call. <laughs> I I think you posted it in the group chat. Did, yeah. So I'm just like there, like bored. The th- the notification comes in, and I just went wide eyed. I was like, wait, what? I like muted the call, fucking screamed, went back to my call, pretend like everything was fine, because you know professional. Right. And uh, but yeah, Katie Sackoff, I I never. I never like hit me how much she actually looks like Bo-Katan. Yeah, like it's almost like a direct. Well, like, and, and I never watched Clone Wars, and but I saw a side by side of her. I know I'm, I'll get to it. I, I saw a side by side of her and her character. I'm like, oh, this makes perfect sense. We I gotta watch like, there's two episodes. I believe it's season five. Um, I believe it's called like Shadow of Reason, or um, where they where she goes in and rescues Obi Wan and like. It's the whole battle for a dark saber when Maul challenges uh, Vizsla. Like it's those two episodes back to back are some of the greatest Star Wars ever, and uh, and 
you just like I you can almost tell that the reason she's brought she's being brought in is like she's going to make a run for that dark saber. Like I it's a fact. Like I am sure everyone Which is which is exciting. Everyone's saying this, everyone's thinking about it. Like we will see her wielding that dark saber by the time the season two is over. Like I just if not at some point, it's yeah. definitely going to happen. Right. Um and it's it, it just this is what happens when you have Filoni on board. Filoni, obviously like all these characters, Sogatano Bo-Katan, like all these characters are like his babies essentially he knows his, these characters he knows his property and he knows how he's going to work it in with Mandalorian like the Darksaber at the end of season 1 was just a fucking he like it opened the gate oh, for yeah. all these characters to come back and not just come back but properly be worked into the story like it's only a matter of time before I, I believe we're going to see Sabine it's only a matter of time before she gets announced either for this season or next season um I don't want to spoil the end of Rebels for you, but we don't really exactly know what's going on with some of the other characters. So I've seen some clips. Not, not that I've seen the ending, but I've seen some clips about some of those characters that um, Ahsoka kind of pals around with. like the. Uh, I'm just going to go on a limb and say you probably don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Because the, the final maybe like 10 minutes of the last episode of rebels mm-hmm. is deep and okay. it goes play and it like shit happens right um which are still to this day kind of unanswered uh so um now does rebels end when the original trilogy begins uh i believe so i don't don't quote me on that because okay. there's a time jump okay from because, when something happens to because i'm curious as to how you know, obviously, because Mandalorian is after um, Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. so I'm curious to see like how, like where these where these characters where they ended where they stopped in Rebels, mm-hmm. and where they're at in this show now. Right. So if something happens at the end of Rebels, which uh, could possibly, for all we know, it could have been solved within a day, and if it did get solved within a day, then all these characters are back and existing somewhere right. <laughs> around the Mandalorian universe. Right. Um, so, like, I I, I think. There's no doubt in my mind that we are going to get Sabine. Like, there's just no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but all this cast news is, it, like, I cannot wait for season two. Like this, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm like through the roof. So I'm the the so one, pumped. the one, the one worry that I saw was that there's too many characters popping up now, yeah. and I don't think that's the case. Even if I think it's going to be a very similar situation to what last season was in the fact that you're that Mando is kind of your. Is, is kind of basically playing the role of the audience and him traveling around with uh, Baby Yoda. And probably they're going to be doing like the same thing where they're just hopping from place to place. And you're just going to encounter these different characters here and there. Like, I, I can't see... Like the flavor of the week episodes. I- exactly. Right. And, and where a lot of these characters, they're just going to be in one episode. They're, intro- right. they're introduced, and maybe they'll come back in later seasons, but it's going to kind of be... Because the same thing kind of happened with the first season. You had these these different characters that were introduced... And they're still there. They're still around. So it's like you right, can Bill see them Burr's come character. back. Right. Like some yeah, of these guys. Played Asha. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So they're still Game around so that you can bring them back whenever you want to. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the same situation here where you're just going to have them come in. They'll play around for an episode and then that's it. I definitely think that's going to be the case with Michael Bean's character. Yeah. I think Michael Bean's character is probably going to be a one and done in an episode. Whether he survives or not. Right. We'll see. But I don't think we're going to see him in anything more than one episode. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about Mandalorian season one was that it's evident that episode one two three and seven and eight those were like the were like the main story mm-hmm. and then like four five and six were like your flavor of the week episode right even though episode four introduced um 
Cara Dune, yep. like Gina Carano's character, right. I still think the that was like that was almost like the only connection that it had in regards to probably the main story. So, yeah, I hundred percent agree. I feel like they are going to going to they have their main story, which is going to go throughout the season, and then they're going to have little filler episodes here and there where you can have fun, where you can enjoy. Which I know some people didn't like the flavor of the week episodes. I personally really did. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed all of them because like, it, it kind of does more. It does more world building. It expands yeah, out the universe. More. Exactly. Like you know, you, bro, you, you throw know, some Easter eggs in there. I love my fucking trees. Yeah. I love my trees in Star Wars. Right. When we go to that planet episode four and we see all these trees. Go back to what Ray said. I never knew there was this much green in the galaxy. Right. Like it's it's fun to see the sort of natural elements introduced into like a sci-fi world. It, it's fun. It, it adds a whole like humanistic touch to it. Makes it a little bit more relatable. Mm-hmm. So, I, I my only thing coming into the next season is that I just hope that these episodes are longer. That's only only thing because some of them. They, I yeah, think, averaged around like short. they averaged around like thirty five minutes, I believe. Yeah, I which could is, be one hundred percent wrong. Which, which is way of, too short. It is, and especially when you look at episodes seven and eight. Despite the fact that they were really good episodes, you can just tell that there was so much more meat mm-hmm. on those bones. Like it's fucking quick. And it those goes, and it goes, se- yeah. seven and eight were the longest episodes too. Like I, right. I believe, I believe eight was cl- was always close to an hour. Yeah, but that's but that's um, but when you take away like the. What happened previously? Yeah, we take but away I'm, the but credits. I'm just saying that, like, right. like, that was definitely the longest episode of the season. Right. So I just I hope that they that obviously we don't. It's all a business. We don't know what's going on with budget and all this other bullshit. Mm-hmm. But if they can possibly push the envelope, where you can go a little bit longer, maybe add ten minutes to every single episode. It's like me personally, I would love one hour episodes. Obviously, you don't always get what you want, and yeah. who gives a shit about what Martin wants? <laughs> but like, if if. If they can find a way to make some of these episodes a little bit longer and better tell these stories, then I'm all on board. But regardless, I cannot wait for yeah. season two. I really need a trailer. I was really expecting a trailer to drop on um, May the 4th. I was very skeptical. I didn't think we would see it. Yeah, I was, I was kind of hoping they were going to at least show like a tease, uh, you know, just like a minute teaser for it. Um, but obviously we didn't get it. So hopefully we get something soon just to kind of get an idea of what this next season is going to bring, what it's going to look like, um, just so we can start the speculation all over again. Um, and the other thing too is that I love how because because you know like like you know season season one kind of had a very um, you know obviously it was very inspired by westerns but also almost had kind of like a a samurai kind of vibe to it as well especially the fact with Baby Yoda kind of palling around with Mando because Mando's kind of like that. Well, samurai vibes are like the core. That's of, like of, George Lucas exactly thing, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it had all those flavors mixed together and. You know, the, the worry was that, you know, with all these characters coming in, are they going to kind of get away from that? But the fact that, like, the character that Timothy Oliphant is playing, they're very much staying within that Western mm-hmm. type of vibe, cool, which is really awesome. And that was the thing that I really loved about the first season was it just, it had just that, because it had that influence, it felt different. It felt different from what we were getting in the episodes, and it just felt different from everything that we've seen before it and it kind of had such a throwback vibe to the original trilogy and that right, was it what felt was different, really but cool it still it. felt like star wars yes well yeah like in, whole, in regards to the whole like samurai notion that you're talking about um kiro Asawa, i believe it's i don't know if i'm butchering it, i apologize but uh pretty much just how that influence played on the original star wars how much of that influence um was george lucas like what george lucas based off the characters off of even like the conversations between filoni and star wars he always talks about how like when we watched the gallery how he was like a how he presented something to him and George was like, oh, no, that's not really how a man, uh, Jedi would kind of deal with stuff. They would pretty much put their lightsaber on the table and be like, this is how we're going to do business, pretty much. All these sort of notions that 
inspire George, that George was influenced by, is very reminiscent in The Mandalorian. And I think that's obviously because of Filoni, because Filoni is literally, like literally, George Lucas's Padawan. Like everything, um, he's even said it, like a, George Lucas even said it, there's clips when he was like, this is my child. Um, Who are you again? Yeah, <laughs> it's starting early. This is one of my kids. They have such a strong relationship, and Filoni is just such of like, he's such a wealth of knowledge that it's it's we have people on board. We have people like taking handling Mandalorian who know the mythology, and that, in my opinion, is the reason why this show is so good. It's because people who are on board under you have people who really you have a really good partnership between people who understand mythology and people who know how to make sort of big budget projects or speak with I, I i fully convinced that i'm fully convinced that if john favreau was not on board mandalorian wouldn't be as good as it is it would probably fall too much into the lines of episode five that a lot of people had problems with which was pretty much feloni having free range in terms of writing and directing it felt like a live action episode of rebels right pretty much which i personally loved but i know it probably wouldn't have um gone over well with like the general audience so when you have the right people aboard who know the material like and they've, and they've they've assembled such a good good team like you know watching watching that making of um in in the gallery for on disney plus like you just see just all the people that are involved and these are all people that absolutely love star wars they love the ip and they're just all trying to make it the best they possibly can and then it's the same thing you said like with feloni feloni he's kind of definitely the guy who has the same kind of values in this in star wars as george did you know and right you just see his understanding of it like when he breaks down what that that last fight in Phantom Menace means to the entire story of Star Wars. It's it was just like it was. Which it was if amazing. I was a cameraman on that, I would have gotten fired. Right. Because I would have completely zoned out to whatever I was doing. I would have just like melted into like his conversation. Right. Yeah. And the way and the way he just describes it and how, like like it just puts so much so more true. It just like, puts so much more weight on that fight. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, and then like you have him like. Here's what we have to do, like him laying out the groundwork, and you have people like Deborah Chow and Taika Waititi and Ren mm -hmm. Yuo, who Bryce Dallas Howard, who it's amazing the fact that George has known her since she was like five. It's right. such a cool, like everything is just so mind blowing. But like you have these people who are just who are going to execute it properly. So you have like the right team on board, and um, we there's a whole who was it was Robert Rodriguez and someone else that was announced for season two. Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed, right? Yeah. Like we have these like veteran directors who right. are just. I can keep talking about this forever. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like we'll talk about it more as more stuff comes comes about. But like, I cannot wait for season two. I'm so excited. I oh, agree. I just kicked the camera. You kicked the camera. Put it back. I think it's fine. I'll fix it. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for it to come out. Um, October still don't have an official release date yet. Uh, maybe once we get the first trailer, we'll get that official release date. I got so excited. I kicked the camera. I know. <laughs> Bro, that was the force. The force moved the camera. The force moved the camera. Uh -huh. So that was it. Nice action-packed episode. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're kind of back now. We were a bit on like, not really a hiatus. We were doing like smaller videos well, here and there. We couldn't pay rent for the studio. We couldn't pay rent for the studio. Yeah, so we, we, so. we, got, we got kicked out for a yeah, little bit. Kicked out for a while. We're back now. We're back now. We're, 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 we're caught up on rent. Yeah, <laughs> we caught up on rent, so now we're here. Um, I guess the next things that we're going to do is we'll eventually come back for another episode, like a big episode like this, when there's news to speak about. Um, but we're going to try to do a bunch of reviews because there's a lot of stuff coming out on streaming, a lot of cool things, especially like like June. June's packed. We got um, the Spike Lee movie, Divide Bloods. We got uh, King of Staten Island. Um, and then, you know, we still have to watch Capone. We have to watch uh, Lovebirds. So there's a lot of stuff coming out that we want to do reviews for. There's one movie that I really want to watch that I can't, like... 
I don't know why we haven't watched it yet. What's that? The Loss of Pastor. <laughs> Bro, ninjas. Dude, I saw that trailer. It looked horrendous. Raptors, hookers. That's up my fucking alley. All right, fine. Like, we'll watch where it. do I sign up for that? <laughs> Someone literally made a movie for Martin. So, yeah, whenever... That's what I've been waiting to watch, but I don't know. Hopefully soon we'll, we'll get that going. All right, yeah, well, maybe. Yeah? Maybe. All right, I'll All take right. a maybe. All right, we'll take a maybe. <laughs> hope. Hope. Superman, hope. <laughs> um, as always, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram. Right, we yeah. have an Instagram now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I... What would that... That would be like phase three, Yeah, I, I guess. That's, I guess that's phase three. So yeah, Instagram, that's like phase three. Um, the Twits was like phase one. Uh, the YouTube was like phase two. So now we're into phase three with the gram. <laughs> Uh, I don't think there's going to be a phase four unless we do a TikTok or a Vero. Oh, maybe a Vero? Maybe we, can maybe we get Vero. on Vero? Dude, no. we can get on Vero and just start posting Snyder Talk stuff and we'll probably blow up. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss that once we get to uh, the end of phase three. But uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll have some more fun stuff on there, some clips from um, probably every episode we do. Like I would like to make it like a new content thing, so everything we do from here on out, um, some videos we edit, some pictures we do, just a whole bunch of fun things. Uh, we got some fun stuff planned, and uh, hopefully it'll all work out. Hope so too. Yeah, and uh, just follow us. Uh, that's effing nerds. No underscore. No underscore. The gram is just the gram is no underscore. The Twitter has an underscore. Has an underscore. It's like my Twitter thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It's, like my, it's like my personal Twitter and Instagram handle, but uh, no one cares about that. But yeah, but as always, Nerds Nation. Thank you for joining us. Nerds Nation. Yeah. Nerds Nation. Uh, thanks for having a beer with me. Nick is a pussy and didn't finish his beer, but it's okay. It's okay. Oh, bro, don't chug it. You're going to no, throw up. I'm not, I'm not going to chug it. I'm going to enjoy my beer. Enjoy your beer. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see you guys next time. And, uh, and enjoy. Like, comment, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. And talk to us. Please talk to us. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're like Millhouse throwing the Frisbees back and forth. <laughs> all right, guys. See you later. Later.